Amen. Tom, again, great choices of listening to God with the songs. Just incredible worship just already. I uh, had a neat time today. I know Ben and my son Nick and some people prayed for me. I'm sure some of you out there remembered to pray for us when we preach. And uh, I started kind of in my own devotional. I usually don't try to study in my devotional what I'm preaching on. Uh, so I'll not get robbed from some things. But they started meshing back and forth, and I just got lost in my study this morning, and uh, almost lo- too lost, I looked up and realized I'm almost late for church. And uh, so there's a lot of things that I'm excited about that are rolling around my brain. I don't think they'll come out yet. I haven't had time to ponder them. Uh, so, so but we'll see what happens here. Uh, I was sitting here thinking when... We get up, Ben started already, and a lot of times when we talk about a book or a series or topics and we use the scriptures, it seems that you might be getting tired of us. Every single time we start, we give a preface of where this book is taken from, what the purpose of it. And I was reminded of, uh, I can look around, there's a few gray-haired people in here, and when we went to school, and I'll never forget going to grade school, you went to grade school, and the moment you got to school, you got your coats put up. We used to ice skate to school, so we'd put our ice skates up. And then what would they do the moment you got there? We would stand up and have a pledge of allegiance to the flag of the United States of America. And everybody would do it. It was a given. It was to remind us of our freedom and that God set this country here and that God is first and foremost. Uh, when I went on in, into sports, every time we went in sports, we had the national anthem. It was to remind us what people paid for us to be able to play in this kind of freedom. And so once again, this is a reminder of the Ten Commandments was a reminder for you and I before we understand, before we look at the Ten Commandments, before we look at, as again Ben said, the words, the ten words of God, which I love, I love that. Uh, there's a reminder that none of this will make sense to you, none of it will penetrate your heart. You might get a lot of head information and a lot of kind of uh, gathering of information, but in order to penetrate your heart, you gotta come back and realize that first and foremost is, the first is that you need to put God first. God, if you get him right, you'll get the rest of it right. And that this was about loving God, receiving God's love for you, and therefore it spreads out to other people. We have to read everything through that light and through that lens. Uh, Today's topic, uh, I I thought I knew a lot about this topic until I started studying it. It was basically in Exodus uh, chapter 20, and it says, 12, honor your father and your mother, that your days may be prolonged in the land which the Lord your God gives you. And uh, I think it's an interesting topic, but I, right now when I say that, I do know because of my job, 40 years I've been counseling and talking with people that come in and many, many had very difficult child lives and very uh, conflicting parents. And so the word father or dad or mother can strike really negative nerves in people's lives. And I understand that and I hope to, that we can help resolve some of that. There are such a variety of different, as many people that are here and many people that are listening on television, there are that many different fingerprints 
And, and according to what I understand, there are various trials and temptations in, with parents that everybody else in here has. Nobody has the same. I even noticed with my sisters and my brother, uh, we talk about the influence of our parents in our life, and I swear we grew up in a different home. And yet it was the same parent doing the same things. So even our interpretation of that. So please, don't just shut me out here and don't just shut out what God, I think, has to say for you when it talks about this whole honoring your father and your mother. I will tell you by my own testimony. My life took on a radical, radical change when I began to comprehend this in its fullness. It turned a direction in my life that gave me more freedom than I ever knew possible. And I'm here to share some of that with you because I think it not only gave me freedom in my attitude towards my mother and my father, it gave me freedom in my walk with God and my walk with other people. And so as we look at some of these things, I want you to be open enough to say, okay God, Holy Spirit, right now search me. And just see if there be any uh, rebellion or kind of uh, a, a way of rejecting what's being said here because of the pain. Give me an open heart that I might be able to hear. And then you have full reign to basically do a work in my spirit so that something might begin to happen here in your life. You can actually mark this day uh, if you apply this principle today. And there's a lot more to this than I ever imagined. And you'll see why this is so important as we go on. But let me give you a preface right from the beginning from the Ten Commandments or the Ten Words. We have right off the bat in relationship and the only command with a promise, honor your father and your mother. Ephesians says this is the first commandment with a promise that it may go well with you that you may live long on the land. Okay. We go back to the cross, and Jesus is hanging on the cross. What is one of the last thing he says before he dies? You'd think he's gonna say some things pretty profound here. One of the last thing he says to his mother, he looks down and says, Mother, behold your son. And he said to the disciple, behold your mother. There's something that is in that that I hope we get a chance to look at. Uh, the word honor, as we learned uh, a couple weeks ago when we talked about honoring the Lord's name, the word honor basically means uh, to give respect to, to give value to, to be accurate and weighty with it. It means that somehow I'm going to represent uh, God and his character and how I live my life represents that. We're uh, asked to give honor to our parents. And, uh, and so I think it's important that we look at that in Proverbs 23, it says, listen with respect to the father who raised you. And when your mother grows old, don't neglect her. Buy this truth, don't sell it for love or money. Buy wisdom, buy education, buy insight. Parents rejoice when their children turn out well. Wise children become proud parents, so make your father happy and make your mother proud. I was just looking around to see if my kids are here. <laughs> Maybe they're listening online here today. A uh, couple weeks ago, Evan was speaking, and he, he made a comment that I wrote down, and it's, it stuck in my head, and it said, uh, stop devaluing people's lives. 
And, uh, and I can't remember if it was you, Ben, or Nick said, if you'll get God right, you will start to get all love right and all relationships right. You see, I want to challenge you with something. You either honor your parents or you dishonor your parents. There's no in-between. There's no in-between, and we're going to look at that and see. You either receive your parents or you reject your parents. There's no in-between. And we're going to try to move to the freedom that I believe receiving will give you in receiving your parents. Uh, I'm going to pause again for just a minute here, and I, I want to make sure that we hear that everybody here could be in different places. Some of you maybe didn't even have parents. Some of you might, uh, your parents might have died. Some of you had very abusive parents. Some of you might have had absent parents. And absent parents just means sometimes they were so involved in everything of life and working or preaching or doing whatever, they just were not there. Some of you, your parents have said just horrible things to you and you can't get those out of your mind. Some of you, it's not the horrible things they said, it's the things they didn't say to you, that they were proud of you. And you all have your own story. And, but I want you to know that God is a big God and he reaches across those boundaries and he begins to make all things have life. And he says to those that have no parents, I'll become a parent. And, and we're gonna see at the end why we wanna go there. But let me tell you at least the story of my life as we begin to look at some of these other verses. Uh, I grew up, if uh, some of you have known who I am and some of the things, I grew up with an alcoholic dad. Uh, he was not your kind of closet alcoholic. My dad was a kind of uh, drunk that I would have to go down and uh, find him in the bars and put him in the cars and bring him home. He would also come home just uh, pathetic and he would come home drunk. I don't know how he ever made it home half the time. And then in the midst of that, I would be asleep and so would my other siblings be asleep and we would wake up with just screaming, not from him, uh, but from my mom would be screaming at him because he drank again, he didn't go to work, he didn't do it. This was a story of my life for a long time. And what happened is uh, that became so big to me that I'll, all I did in every event I went to, uh, I would be playing in the event, and you might have thought, man, he's really concentrating on how to hit the ball, I'd be there. But in the back of my mind was, is he going to show up? And is he going to show up drunk and embarrass me? And, and if we went to... Uh, high school, whatever it was, might have been, I'd wonder, okay, I hope he's not there. If I dated a girl, I wouldn't bring her to my house just in case he'd walk upstairs and stumble drunk. My life became so controlled by that one thing that I got blinded to a lot of things. And not till I applied what we're gonna talk about today did I see a window opened up and a veil lifted. Why, why did my dad have so many friends? Why did people like to be around him? I was so blinded by not honoring my dad and my mom and in many ways that I missed all that they could be and all that they were given to me to be. 
And I don't know if it was uh, my dad changed drastically or it's because of God giving me this truth that somehow a veil got lifted and I could not believe the difference in my view towards my dad. I missed out on so many times where he took me hunting and took our family hunting and our neighbors hunting and played ball with us because I never saw those. I was so busy looking at the negative things of how it was going to affect my relationship. It was more my image than it was anything else. It was all about me. It was clearly about me. There's a verse in here that says, uh, these, there are those that will curse their fathers and do not bless their mothers. That word curse means you make small of them or you make little of them or you make light of them. But then there, there are those who are clean in their own eyes but are not washed of their own sins. There are those who are lofty in their eyes how high their eyelids lift. And I was so focused on my reputation that I had missed out on something here that, that God was talking about, honor your father and your mother. And something began to change, and I said, okay, I'm willing to look at this. Now, there was a lot that took place in this process. It didn't happen overnight, but I want to race you forward in the, the film strip, and I want to show you something about what took place. I can tell you this day, my dad and my mom have passed away. Uh, I think of them daily. My dad became my best friend. I saw the things of him. I'd stop by, we'd play cribbage or play something together. I started seeing all of these attributes and why people liked him and why people liked to be around him. He was witty, he was funny, he was kind. He was so generous. He did things for my kids that I could never do. And he came to faith and he stopped drinking. Now, I don't know which came first, but I can tell you this. I began to receive my dad before he stopped drinking. I began to honor my father and my mother before things got better. And before things got better, something changed in my life, radically changed in my life. And I began to see all of these things that God had given me. I want to read a quote to you. In the 1900s, there was a man that, uh, actually, I've, Ben, I know, has read a lot about Dallas Willard. I have, too. I love a lot of his writings. I want to read something to you that he wrote when he was talking about this verse. At the heart of our own identity lies our family, and our parents in particular. We cannot be thankful for who we are unless we're thankful for them. Not certainly for all the things they might have done. They may have been quite horrible at times. But in many cases, we must come to have pity on them before we can actually be thankful for them. A long and healthy existence will require that you be grateful to God and receive your parents and who they are. And if we cannot be thankful for who we are without being thankful for our parents through whom our life came, they are the part of our identity. To reject and be angry with them is to reject and be angry with yourselves and who you are. We cannot reject ourselves and love God in any way. Interesting. Malachi, the last verse of the whole Bible, of uh, the Old Testament. The last verse of the whole Old Testament. 
Elijah says to come, they will state that he will turn the hearts of fathers to their children and the hearts of children back to their fathers. Interesting. The last verse. There is something dynamic and something powerful about learning to receive and be grateful and thankful for your identity and your seed. It says in uh, Proverbs, the father of the righteous will greatly rejoice. Let your father and your mother be glad who bore you rejoice. Proverbs 1.8 says, hear my son your father's instruction and forsake not your mother's teachings. Even in Mark 7, uh, and it might, I think we have down Matthew 15, 3 through 9. Is that what we have down here? And Jesus answered, he says, why do you break the commandment or the words of God for the sake of your traditions? For God commanded, honor your father and your mother, and whoever reviles father or mother must surely die. But you say, if anyone tells his father or her mother, what you have gained from me is given to God, he need not honor his father. What they were doing is they were basically taking and their father and their mother were in need and instead of taking care of their father and their mother, which is instructed all the way through the scriptures, they were giving their alms and they would make noise so everybody would notice how much money they were given to the church thinking it was really honoring and God says to them, rightly did Isaiah prophesy about you. These people will honor me with their lips but their heart is far from me. In vain they worship me and teaching the doctrines and commandments of men. And it says many such things you are doing. He was pointing out that my word for you is to honor your parents and your traditions of tithing and giving and what you have basically developed what would make you seem like an important Christian guy. Those things there are not as weighty as the one I'm giving you and that is to take care of your mother and take care of your father. But it says, but many such things do they do. I would say many such things do we do. Many such things do we do. This morning I got up and I thought that the talk was completely ready and ready to go. And uh, God again turned me to James chapter 1. And I want to walk through this with you and I want you to see how to apply it and then we're going to make this practical application to end today. James chapter 1, we're going to start with verse 2. And I'm going to kind of dissect it for you. I think it's an extraordinary verse. It says, consider it all joy, my brethren. Now consider, the word literally consider means it would be kind of like to flash before your eyes a banner. Uh, they didn't have these back then, but you've seen airplanes that fly over and hanging behind it is this banner that's flying behind it. It's to get your attention that something's coming. And so it's flying back and forth, and that's what the word consider it means. Let it run by your mind back and forth. Let it stay present in your mind. And then it says, consider it all joy, uh, my brethren. I, I want us to look at this word joy because I think sometimes we can get confused by it. Let me read the definition of this. Consider it all joy. It's a favor. It's a benefit. Be grateful. Be thankful. Uh, it's done with the expectation of God returning. It's absolute freeness of something that looks like it's not freeing. The motive in bounty and free-heartedness is to be joyful and thankful and having an attitude of receiving. 
So it says, consider it all joy, my brethren, when you encounter various trials. Now that word various is mean, it's taken from like a marbled building that just has different marbled veins throughout it. It's saying that everybody in here is, is, fits this thing. Yours may not fit mine, Ben's may not fit mine, but ours are in the marble somewhere. And it says, consider it all joy when you encounter various trials. And one of the things, it says, various parents. Whatever parents you had, it was to do something. It was a trial. That word there says it was to test you, to prove you to become like God. That there is a testing that takes place in how you respond to your parents. Now, once again, it isn't saying that you're grateful for the horrible things they did. Not at all. It's just the fact that you came from them and part of you uh, is a part of them. And I remember with me, when this began to really take, uh, hit me, is because of my image of my dad, I was just kind of embarrassed if somebody said, hey, who's your father? I hated to say his name was Fuzz, because that, that, that was a nickname for him. But then I thought they'd say, oh, yeah, the drunk. And that's what I thought everybody would say, because that's all I viewed. And so whenever I would go ahead, I would try not to get in that position. But what happened is this was my trial. This was my various trial. And the thing was that something was being lost in that and that I was being so blind to that. By the way, one of the guys that grew up with me in high school and was played the sports with me, uh, we were talking one day. And uh, somehow we got talking about our parents. And of course, I started to feel uncomfortable. And uh, he said, well, tell me, Fuzz seems like such a neat guy. What was your dad like? And I said, well, you know, he was a drunk. He goes, no, you're kidding. I didn't know that. And I realized how many people didn't know that. It was so overwhelming to me that it clouded me from ever letting what this was supposed to do, do. And so as I began to see this and unfold this, the rest of this verse started to take effect in my life. It says, consider all joy, my brother, when you encounter various trials. Knowing that the testing or the proving of your faith, by faith, I'm gonna believe that this parent was perfectly suited for me. Not the things he did, not those things at all, but all of a sudden, there were things that I had held as negative about him that weren't negative. Matter of fact, because of the way he walked or because of the way he, he would do things, I found myself doing those things, and then I'd say, oh, and I'd try to stand against it. And they were not anything bad. They just reminded me of him. And so I would say something, my brother Joe and I, many times still yet today, uh, we'll do something, I'll say, oh, that's so fuzz. And he'll say the same thing. He, I think he says it way more about me than I do about him. But you know, I used to think that's so negative. And finally I said, that isn't, if this is who God gave me, if this is who I was born from, and I'm from his seed, then obviously I'm gonna have a lot of things and from the DNA that are gonna come through. I will say things, I'll have the same kind of sense of humor sometimes, and I don't even have some of the same mannerisms. And at first I used to just be so upset when I would see those mannerisms in me, and I was trying to become something different than God made me to be. I couldn't be my own identity. 
because my own identity carried so much DNA from my mom and my dad. And when I began to get to a place of receiving that they were perfectly suited for my parents, for me, I began to see that those things in me I could begin to like, I didn't have to hide them, and I could be who God designed me to be. And there was so much freedom. And I began to admire so many things that my dad did. I am so regretful that I wasted so many years of missing out on how cool he was because of the one thing I just let cloud everything. This principle began to catch me and make me alive. And what I'm saying this principle is, I began to say I'm gonna receive my parents as my father and my mother, that they're perfectly suited for me and how God wanted to work in my life and do something in my life. Listen to the end of this verse. Knowing that the testing of your faith will produce endurance, and let endurance have its perfect result, that you may be perfect, complete, lacking in nothing. You know what that says in the Greek? It says, what you will be complete, and it will complete your full growth, reaching the goal that God has set for you by God. This goes back to an exodus. That the promise would be that your life would be long full. That basically means that it will be fully completed the way that God has set the goal for you in life. When I started receiving him this way, I realized that I can now become all that God intended me to be. I believe if you will not take some time and stop and get alone with God and kneel before him and say, God, I'm not thanking him for the things he said or whatever. He was simply on his journey trying to put the puzzle of life together the best he knew how. And he didn't have you in the center, so he basically lived a life that was independent of you, which basically is a, a sinful life. And I will not hold him guilty against that. Because I, being a believer, was doing the very same things, and I have your power and your love in me, and I was extending no grace. I wasn't in joy extending grace to him in any way. The moment I began to do that, I mean things began to change. Not only my attitude towards my dad and my mom, but my attitude towards people, my view of who I was. I began to see, gosh, I like who I am. My wife thought I was crazy when I would sometimes just look in the mirror and say, I like hanging around with him. I just thought, you know what, God, you made me just the way you wanted me. I have a way to reflect your like to people that nobody else has, and I'm not embarrassed by it anymore. I'm not embarrassed by the things that I do. My life opened up a whole new door. I encourage you, if you haven't done that, get alone. Don't let it end here today. Get quiet and just say, God, let's just begin here. You said that I could go ahead and receive them and be honoring to them instead of rejecting them. What did Jesus do? Listen to this. In Luke 2 it says, and he went down with them and he came to Nazareth and was continued, he continued in his submission to them and his mother treasured up all these things in his heart. That word continued in submission is the word hupatoso, I think it is, it's pronounced that way. It means to voluntarily place yourself under so that you may demonstrate and show one's relationship to the one you've chosen to live under. That's what Jesus did to his mother. Think of that. And he continued to do that even while he was on the cross. He honored 
her even to the day that he was dying. He became obedient, which is that same, taken from that same word. Now, where does that leave us in terms of practicality? This moved me from a place at that point where I began to be free now with my relationship with my parents. I began to enjoy them. I began to see things that they had done for me and things they had loved me. And I think, I, I look back, and I, my mom was an incredible lady. I missed so much of some of the things that were there. What a blessing it was for, for me to have her as a mom. I have no regrets my dad, even his little sins and his little idiosyncrasies that I made so gigantic and so large. And when I began to have that freedom, God brought a new revelation in my life. He says, Bill, your earthly genealogy was the Ewing and Fitzgerald tribe, all the way back to Ireland. But I gave you a new genealogy. It is the Lion of Judah and the tribe of Benjamin. I gave you a new father. He says that, he says that uh, in Matthew 23, and, no, and call no man your father on this earth, for you have one father, and that is your father in heaven. Bill, you have been played for another, another kingdom, another family. I am your father. That was simply to build and test and prove you, your parents there. But they were to point you to your new genealogy. I cannot believe what, as I move forward to that, that got me, it wasn't to end with my receiving my parents, that was a stepping stone to know that, to receive my God as my father. I have a perfect genealogy, and I have perfect parent in my God, my father. And as I began to see that, I am not as disturbed as I've seen people with this world and what's going on with it, because this is not my kingdom. And I looked at Jesus and how he responded, and Paul, they did not respond all upset about stuff, in, in their day of, of, of what the world was going on in their political world, they basically said, our kingdom isn't of this world. It's from another kingdom. My family, my genealogy, my DNA is now hooked to a new genealogy, and you have a new genealogy no matter what you had on this planet. And if you will begin to live from that genealogy after receiving and beginning to be thankful for where you came and who your parents are, I believe if you've been stalemated or stalled in your walk with God, you're going to see a boost forward. You're going to see things of God you never could see because they were blinded by this. Would you pray with me? Father, I am brought back even as I was talking about just that day and that hour and that week that you revealed these truths to me and the freedom that you gave. I understand your words even back in the, the Israelites when you said, set my people free. That when you did that in my life, I pray, Father, that you would do that in the lives of these people here. In some way, everybody in here has something that they can bow before you in this. But Father, I pray that they will not get stuck there. I pray against the spirit uh, of the evil one and his arrows that he wants to shoot and bring condemnation and bring victim mentalities here. I would ask that these people would be freed from that and know that those that have come to Christ are no longer uh, bound. There's no condemnation anymore. That they would enter into their priesthood, they would enter into their, their genealogy, which now you became their father and mother, and you have now called them your family and called them your own, as we sang about. 
I'm going to believe this in the name of Jesus Christ and by the shed blood on the cross that would pour over this room right now and that your consuming fire would burn up these arrows that want to keep people bound. And we would see a liberation like we've never seen before in our own lives and those around us and especially then in our walk with you. And I'm going to ask it in Jesus' holy name. Amen.